At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Bulls had a series of events yesterday between Patrick Williams going down with injury, moving Ernie Lopp's team to a full NBA contract that left many Bulls fans to ask, what are the Bulls doing? Well, we're going to try to clear that up a little bit on today's episode. We're also going to talk about the current playing race and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content. And so, a bunch of stuff happened yesterday for the Chicago Bulls. Some good, some bad, and, you know, typical Chicago Bulls day. But we're going to try to add some clarity to some of it, right? And, you know, a lot of people have asked, well, what are the Bulls exactly doing? The first thing that happened yesterday, of course, is Patrick Williams being done and out for the season. Now, with that said, here's the thing that I'll say on the Patrick Williams piece of it. I think we, if you've been watching me for a while, I know uh, Bulls, nothing to set it. Some other some other outlets have said it as well. Um, but the, the, this wasn't this wasn't shocking. Right. Once Patrick Williams was uh, missed that that initial reevaluation two week period and they were kind of quiet. Right. As that two weeks just passed. And then we got the casual. Oh, well, we're looking to reevaluate him closer to the end of the All-Star break. It was like, wait a second. We've seen this story before. Right. And Patrick Williams being done now for the season, going to get season in, in, in uh, surgery. I mean, to me, it says a lot that a lot of people already kind of expected and saw the writing on the wall with this happening. It seems like the only people caught off guard by it were the Chicago Bulls. And that's that's one of the things outside of, you know, what it means for Patrick Williams and the, and the season and the contract situation uh, after the season ends. It comes down to just just that is that why isn't this front office a little bit more transparent about injuries? And this is nothing new. This goes all the way back to the Jeff Tanaka days. They almost killed Luau Dang now. One of the things that I will say, a lot of people put things on professional sports teams, medical staff that has nothing to do with them. Like, for example, his recovery, even with Lonzo's recovery, all that stuff, that's dictated by the actual doctors. They don't do surgeries either, but the medical staff is there to help, you know, kind of figure out what's going on when a player comes and says, hey, my, I just have some issues with my foot. They're then to go and send them to the specialist, right? But it seems like this Bulls team kind of does their pre- preliminary, preliminary things and then just kind of like, I don't know if it's hope. I don't know if they if they call a witch doctor in to kind of pray over it and a shaman to shake. It. Whoa, that I was about to say shake his stick, but what a shaman shake. They're, whatever. They're, they're <laughs> completely wrecked my brain with that one. But uh, if, they, if they call a shaman in to come and do his thing over it and just hope that it's going to get right. But like, it's just the constant kind of backpedaling, right? We have the, you almost, every time there's a reevaluation period, it's like, wait a second, what are we doing here? Like, like, so I. It is what it is. It, it it's it's it sucks that Patrick Williams is losing yet another season in an important year in which he was going into that, you know, hoping that the contract situation was going to gain some clarity. But you know, here's the thing, and I and I've seen a lot of Bulls fan naturally now said, well, what does this mean for Patrick Williams' contract? Um, well, the Bulls aren't aren't just going to let Patrick Williams walk away for nothing. Patrick Williams' qualifying offer is thirteen million dollars for next season, and that's if they extend him that. 
it's very rare. It does happen, but it's very rare that a player signs for less than their qualifying offer. So that means Patrick Williams' contract at a base is probably going to be $13 million. He's still going to get about $13 to $15 million. He just is. So, you know, with his qualifying offer being what it is, that's just that's just kind of the nature of the game. You don't typically sign a player for less than what their qualifying offer is. It just doesn't typically happen. Now, maybe there is a unique set of, uh, set of circumstances with this injury, with the career ending, um, not the career, Jesus, with the season ending surgery that maybe it does lead to, to maybe him being willing at, at that first year at least, maybe, you know, starting off and maybe a little bit less than 13, but usually the annual average uh, value of a salary rarely comes in at less than what the um, – the qualifying offer is so anybody hoping that Patrick Williams is all of a sudden signed for this seven or eight million dollars or even that Patrick Williams is going to now that's that's going to allow the Chicago Bulls to re-sign Andre Drummond as I told you guys before the only way that the Bulls can avoid the luxury tax and bringing back both DeMar Patrick Williams and Andre Drummond all to what Andre Drummond's vet minimum is going to be and what, you know, DeMar DeRozan is going to get a bit of a raise. Uh, Patrick Williams is going to get a bit over the qualifying offer. That's just not going to happen. DeMar and and Pat would have to take such pay cuts. I mean, pay cuts from what they're getting paid now for that to happen and the Bulls still avoid the luxury tax. So it's it's going to be still an interesting offseason. This Patrick Williams thing, it doesn't really gain more clarity on his contract, but it kind of just brings more questions about what are him and his representation going to really be looking for in that contract market? That's going to be the big thing to watch out for. I guess we'll see what ends up coming to that. But, you know, like I said, unfortunately, it's nothing new. I wish I could say that it was, but it's just not. We just we keep seeing the same exact shit um, from this team and this medical staff. Let's hope that it gets a little bit better. Let's, let's pray that it gets better. But, um, yeah, but outside of that yesterday as well, the Chicago Bulls, converted Ornelot Batim to an actual NBA deal. Um, now, some questions came around about this, right? Why convert Batim now when you when he still had tons of games that he can play left on his two-way contract? He can play, what, I think over 50-something games. He's only checked into two. So he had basically they could have played him every game for the rest of the regular season without converting him over. Well, I think there's a couple of different things with that, right? There's a different expectation as well. There's also different minimums. So you can get paid something far less on a, on a two-way deal than an actual even minimum NBA contract. So I think what that allows, is that's, that's going to allow Batim to get a little bit more money on the back half of the season, um, get more money for his next deal uh, for his deal next year. I think the plan was always to have Batim on a full NBA contract next season, but this does allow now for him to get paid a little bit more on that as well. The Bulls were operating a little bit under the luxury tax, so now he's probably going to take up most of that what that was remaining under that. And then we're going to see, I, I, listen, it's not too shocking for me. When you look at the buyout market and what it was, like Joe Harris is basically the best option left on the buyout market. Mar- Marcus Morris isn't officially bought out yet, and it's already been said if he is bought out, he's going to be going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that really left for what the Bulls need in shooting, right? I know some things people brought up Poku, and we'll talk about that in a second, but what the Bulls actually needed in shooting, team brings that at a player that is actually part of your future. So rather than bringing a Joe Harris, for 26 games, why not get an extended look at those 26 games for a player that was already part of your future that now you can look like you can look at and see what he looks like out there with Kobe. You can look and see what he looks like out there with Io and Demar. Even though we'll know what we don't know exactly what Demar's future is going to be, but you know Billy Donovan did say that they will be playing the young guys more. So even having some chemistry building with him, Julian and Dalen coming off the bench as well is I think even that's important to kind of start figuring out and looking at how those guys are going to play together at times. So 
I, I like bringing up a team. I know there were some initial questions. I know kind of my counterpart over on Bulls Central, Jamal, had some big questions on why uh, that was to happen. But to me, it makes sense for him and his scoring ability and his future uh, set with the team. Yeah, it kind of makes it a little weird that you did it now. But, uh, you know, I've even seen somebody say that maybe there was a part of like the handshake deal when they brought him in was to always kind of make him a full NBA contract by the end of the year. Maybe that was something they had to do to get to convince him to come over. Henry, I mean, not Henry Joe. Ernel team is, is legit. 12 games in the G League, 16.7 points per game, four rebounds, 4.1 assists. He has shooting splits of 45% from the field and 43% from three-point range, taking a bunch of three-pointers, and he hits the free throw at 83%. What, I would, what I'm saying here is that Batim, I'd rather see Batim play right now, even if it's out of position or whatever, than I would like to see Javon Carter play. That's just it. And we talk about the Bulls not in, investing in youth, and, and then it's like the same people who say things like, the, oh, well, why the Bulls don't play their young players? Oh, my God, why didn't we sign a, a buyer? We signed, we, we brought in uh, a team instead of Joe Harris. It's like, what do you want, man? Holy, holy double standards, Batman. Like, let's, let's get it together. Like, I would much rather see Batim. The minutia of what's on the two-way, what's not, that's for the front office. But if we're coming down to who I want to see actually play and get a chance with the remaining 26 games, Batim is definitely one of them. Now, question is, is Billy Donovan actually going to play him? Let's hope so, right? Let's hope that this, you know, especially in bringing him up, that there was a conversation between the front office and head coach of some expectations. That is why I think you saw, like, Julian Phillips play as many minutes last game as what, what's possible. So, with, with Patrick Williams now being out for sure, uh, with Torrey Craig may not return until we got, like, 12 games left this season, I think this is a this offers you a unique opportunity to really take a, a look at some of your, your young players and see where they're going to be for for uh, how they're going to fit into that roster next season. When which we don't have a lo- lot of luxury tax space to really add a bunch of stuff to this roster. So let's see what's going to happen with that one. But now it's it's naturally led a lot of Bulls fans to ask what should the what should or could the Chicago Bulls do with the remaining two way contract that they have open. Keep in mind, I don't think that that counts against the salary cap in the right spot in the right in the same ways because two way contracts you can sign players to two way contracts at any time during the season. So People have asked, could uh, Pokushevsky be, uh, who was just recently waived by the uh, uh, the uh, OKC Thunder, could the Bulls take a look at him? And keep in mind, this guy's really still young. What, 20, 23 years old he is. He's 25 at the end of the year. His birthday was just in December. And this is a guy who was a former 17th overall pick. Could the Bulls look to bring him over? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind. Like, it's, it's a different, like, a two-way contract. That is where you start, even when people were like, Kevin Knox or whatever else, this is where you can start maybe taking a look at some younger players that maybe have some potential. I don't know if the Bulls do that, though. Um, And I don't know if Poku even would take a two-way contract because you would think he's going to get some offers from, you know, some other teams, like maybe on actual NBA contracts. But this is a guy who's played 150 games in his NBA career at all, so it's not like you only have a small sample size. He has averages of 7.5 points per game over his career, four, basically five rebounds, two assists per game as well right under a block per game and a half a steal per game. He's shooting the ball 38% from three-point, I mean, from the field, and only 29% from three-point range. To me, I mean, I like him, but I don't know if at this point I like him as a prospect more than like a Dama Sinogo for what we need, but maybe the Bulls could take a look at that. I just won't be surprised or shocked if the Bulls don't sign anybody else, even on that two-way contract for the remainder of the season. I, I won't be surprised if they do either, but it's just not something I'm necessarily going to bet on if we're going to do that. So. You know, we'll end up seeing what that turns into. But anyway, it's Saturday, so you know what that means. We've got to get into the mailbag. But before we get into the mailbag, we're going to hear a word from one of our sponsors, and that is Aura. 
I'm sure most of you know anyone can find anything on the internet, including your full legal name and personal email, your home address, phone number, and even your relatives. For me, personally, I never took this kind of stuff seriously, that people can take my personal data and use it for their own financial gain. Well, in 2019, I got my identity stolen, including my social security number and credit card information, and it was a total nightmare getting it all sorted out. From recouping loans that were taken out in my name and shopping sprees on my credit card, there are some really bad people out there, and it's sad to say, but it's true. Do a Google search for your personal information or someone you know and see if a people search site shows up. The information is easily accessible because of data brokers who profit by selling your information to robocallers, telemarketers, spanners, and anyone else that wants to learn more about you. And so for me, protecting my and my family's personal data and information is at the utmost importance because of the terrible experience I had four years ago. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura will identify data brokers that are exposing your information and automatically submit opt-out requests on your behalf. They will even opt out of junk mail and telemarketing lists. Aura also monitors your emails and passwords to see if they were involved in any data breach and exposed on the dark web. Aura's app also features VPN, password manager, real-time credit card and identity theft monitoring, internet parental controls, and protects your device from malware. Aura has almost every internet safety tool you'll ever need all inside one app, which is what makes it so amazing, so that you don't have to use multiple platforms and sites to protect yourself. Let Aura do the hard work, keeping you safe online, and if you sign up right now, Aura will give you a two-week free trial with my link below. You'll be shocked at how much your private information Aura finds exposed over two weeks. I was shocked at how much my information Aura was able to find when I was using the app. Go to Aura.com slash CBC to start your free trial. Also linked in the description, or you can scan the QR code here. Now back to the video. All right. Now, with that said, it's time to get into your voicemails for today. Tell you guys at the end of the show how to get your voicemails into the channel because we love hearing from you guys. Every The mailbag is every Saturday and Sunday morning episodes, so make sure you guys stay tuned in for that. But let's go ahead and play this first voicemail. This one's from Big O. Big old brother, man, called and uh, comment about the, uh, the all-star game problem that we have, continue to have. I probably should have called Locked On, but I called the, the panel to talk about this. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, doing that, you know, man, I, I Pat wanted to get, to get rid of it all together, and I know a lot of people share that same opinion, uh, but, you know, you said it. I mean, they make too much money off the festivities and everything around that event. They're not do that. But uh, I have a couple ideas, and it's not really fully thought out, but I think you can, you know, use uh, my my opinion, you know, uh, my ideas and my opinion and, you know, probably piece it together to at least make it more competitive because, I mean, when I watched this past Sunday, in my opinion, as I'm watching it, it actually looked like the East did play harder, play hard. I mean, as hard as probably you would expect the All-Star game to be, the East was out there playing to win. And they came, they got, they jumped out to the early lead, and they kept control of the game. Oh, you know, damn it, the whole game, and little went off. So that's how I looked at it. I'm like, hold on, the East really playing, the West really the ones uh, bullshitting around. But uh, you know, one of my ideas is that I think they should find a way to implement uh, the all defensive team into the All Star game. Because when you think about it, you know, these guys, the all NBA guys. Majority of all of them guys always is the, in the all-star game. You know what I mean? They need to find a way to implement the all-defensive teams into the all-star game. Now, the list don't come out to the end of the year, so maybe they can use the previous year to 
put the previous the guys who made the all in the defensive team the previous year and implement them in the next year's All Star game because that would those guys are going to play defense at least you would think a little bit you know what I mean uh, somebody on ESPN made a great comment you know saying that in the summer in these summer pickup games they play hard you know what I mean not like busting their ass you know busting their knees on the ground but you see the competitive nature in the summer when these guys play. And then train it. So I think if they can find a way to do that, that'll implement some of that. And then the second part is because the last couple of years they was on to some having the, the two leading vote getters pick their team. I think what they should do is they should split both divisions up. You should have two captains on the east, two captains on the west, and have them guys go out and pick their five guys. Ain't no substitution. Just like street ball. You pick your five, you pick his five. On both sides, you got two teams on each side. The winner of the uh, East Conference go on to play in the championship round. And then if you want to add a prize or whatever to that to make it, you know, a little bit more competitive, I think that would be something that at least spice it up a little bit where, you know, you got to go out there and win, you know, when you add the incentive. All right, so listen, I get it, and I understand how you're trying to fix the All-Star game, but I think there's a fundamental thing. It doesn't matter if you put all defensive players in there. It doesn't matter what you do. It's, there's going to be no defense played at the All-Star game until the Stars want to play it. So I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that it's a bad idea, but I tell you what, that's not going to help it. They're, those players, just because they were on an all-defensive team, aren't going to come in and all of a sudden say, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and up this ante defensively because nobody else is playing. Do you know how the Stars and, like, a LeBron, and, and they're looking like, what are you doing? Sit down. Like, so I don't think that it's a fundamental thing, and it's about the competitive nature of sports in general and basketball in general, right? These guys don't they, – they look at at the All-Star game as a chance to come put on a show for fans, which isn't wrong, hang out with their buddies, but that's it. Nobody's looking to compete, and I don't think that's going to make anybody care about the All-Star game or even the all-defensive players because you put them in. It's a great thought to try to have and try to do some things and change it up, but I just think that All-Star weekend is looked at as the vacation for people, right? It just is. We're all going to go. We're going to hang out in front of uh, hundreds of thousands of people, and we're going to have fun this weekend. That's what it is. I don't think all defensive players are not going to change that very much, brother, but great thought process on that one. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Corn. Hey, what's the word, King? It's Corn. Uh, my name, man. Uh, let, y'all, you did a wonderful show, man. Shout out to uh, you doing a wonderful show with Big Dave, man. Uh, you know, y'all had great synergy, man, great chemistry, man. Um, shout out to him. This is my first time seeing him, man. Uh, Appreciate you to um, keep on giving us uh, new Chicago content uh, content creators, man. Uh, you seem like a very intelligent, smart brother, um, and I will be looking forward to um, checking them out and you know checking them out on all his uh, platforms. Uh, he said one thing to me that caught my ear, and it caught. I'm gonna say this too. This is my take. Lonzo is still the key. I want everybody to understand this. Lonzo is still the key. Now we know what what, what kind of. GMs we got, well, vice president operation, GM, whatever. We know we got out of Athens. We know what pedigree they came from. Even though Maul got a different injury than Lonzo, Lonzo got a lot worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I, we, I listen to Hayes. I hear y'all. Just for him to be walking is wonderful. So, um, but that's the key. Um, I believe, and it's a key to all of this thing, I think. Um, I think it's a key to keep Zach as well. Because, like, you said AK don't want to give up his toys. AK had this vision. Now, I know it was a short period of time, but he had that vision, and his vision was working because they was number one East. So he's always going to go back to that. That's the one thing that he always going to go back to. 
this was really working before Lonzo and Zach went down. So I believe if Lonzo come back, and like I said, man, all prayers to him, I hope he comes back as Lonzo. Because with him, Kobe White, and Zach, oh, my God, that could be a monster, you know, as Zach at the three. You know, P. Will at the four, and uh, Zach Eadie at the starting five. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had to get you on that one. Uh, <laughs> but, no, besides all jokes aside, um, Lonzo, man, is the key. If Lonzo ain't back and we get rid of Lonzo, I believe that's when the moves start getting made. I, I really feel that way. I feel like all the trades that we want from DeMar, Zach, A.C., Drummond, I believe it starts with Lonzo. So I don't know. I could be wrong, King. I could be overthinking it like I usually do when I watch the shows and be sitting up there analyzing it. But that's what I believe. He is the true key of what this team is going to stay together or is this team is going to start really, what we say, uh, retooling. But have a blessed day, King. Appreciate you. Love that show, my man. Blessings. First of all, Big Dave is an OG in the Bulls content creator community. I've been listening to, like, Big Dave and Matt Peck back. Shit. It's probably almost a decade at this point. But, yeah, I mean, listen, it's 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 always good to have somebody that you've been watching for years and be able to actually rock with them and, like, know them. The fact that I, like, know Big Dave now and I can actually – he's somebody I can reach out and talk to whenever I want to is crazy. But Big Dave's a really good dude, man. As far as Lonzo being the key, here's what I'll say. Lonzo can't be the key to anything when Lonzo can't even guarantee to get on the basketball court. Looking for Lonzo to be the key is, again, part of what the front office has bet on foolishly if they think that that's going to help it. A player has never come back from being out of basketball for over two and a half years and come back and been the key to anything. He's not. I'm sorry. And then on his next contract, because he only has one year left on his deal, he's not getting a big contract. The Bulls would be crazy to re-sign him. Lonzo isn't the key for anything. I know a lot of Bulls fans are holding out hope that Lonzo Ball is going to be able to come back and unlock something. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And to bet on that for a surgery that, like I said, is more about quality than life than playing sports, it's like it's almost a, a thing. And I, and I know this is generated by the front office, but Bulls fans still holding out hope for that Lonzo Ball piece. You got to let it go. It's not happening now. It, it, by some chance, in a miracle, he comes and shows it. All right, cool. But to bet on that, right? And you're if you're building a team and you're trying to hope and you're building that upon the hopes of of a shaky bad knee with cartilage from a dead person in it, you got to get your life together. That's just that's not what we can do here, my my guys. It's not what we can do. It's not not gonna work. Not gonna work. I, it's not gonna work. Um, so, you know, that's my thought process on it. You guys can have your own on it, but we'll see. We'll see what Lonzo can end up bringing if he can get back on the court next season. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Michael Korn. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, it's Michael Korn here. Three fast points and then a quick question. Number one, uh, Scotty Pippen. I loved him as a player, but the sour grapes and ego tour, eh, could live without it. Um, Karen Shovitz and, and uh, uh, Eversley. Uh, number two, about them, uh, I think the biggest disappointment with them is their lack of uh, communication, not leveling with fans, you know, even when it comes to, like, injured players without giving, like, some realistic assessments. So I think that's lack of communication, lack of transparency. I don't know if they think they're operating behind the curtain, but I think we can, you know, see what they're doing and uh, we see the results. And that's the most disappointing thing, that they're not communicating except to say cliche is like competitiveness and cohesiveness, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, thirdly, it's been a long time since uh, long time since game day. Looking forward to the Bulls playing the Celtics. They could actually win this game if they don't come out flat and they continue to play with heart. Uh, I'd love to see like the Julian Phillips, 
uh, and other youngsters getting their minutes. Uh, you know, even if Jason Tatum cooks Julian Phillips, I think that's who Julian Phillips would cover. Not exactly sure. But even if he gets cooked, get him that experience. And uh, I don't mind if they lose. Of course, I'd like them to win as long as they're playing uh, like a real legitimate player, really showing competitiveness. And, uh, and that comes with a lot of heart. But those are my three uh, quick points. Question, uh, when is your thousandth episode, man? You said uh, if you uh, let us know when that is, I can get the, the Jamesons and other party gear ready to celebrate your thousandth uh, episode. And uh, looking forward to it. Um, uh, not predicting the Bulls win tonight, but I really feel they can play a great game as long as they're driven by a sincere desire to win with the belief that they can win. And then hopefully uh, some of their talent is good and the Celtics have a crappy game. Hey, anyway, love the show. Thank you very much, Hayes. Bye-bye. Definitely disappointed in the communication from the front office, and that's been a thing with this front office that just continues to go. The lack of communication regarding injuries and things, and even like the 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 selling us on buzzwords, the competitiveness, the continuity, it sucks. It really sucks. But here's the thing. Hopefully that the young Bulls players getting minutes is the theme over the remainder of the season because I think that that's something that, you know, win, lose, or draw that you can hope for. And, I, I you know, that, that, t- that step back to take a step forward I think is sometimes needed now. Is is Arnold Batim, Julian Phillips, are they going to be as good as like a Tory Craig, the ultimate role player coming off the bench? Probably not. They'll probably have some games of flashes of it, but I love to see those flashes to see how we can build upon that heading into next year, especially now that we have the player development staff, how Peter Patton get to work with these guys. That's really what I would love to see. And hopefully we see that continue. Now, as far as episode 1000, that is actually March 1st. We do have a game on March 1st. So what that means is that the pregame show, which is an hour prior to the game starting, we'll be doing our special live stream for episode 1000 there. So make sure you guys stay tuned in, man. But all right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from the 719. Hey, man, I appreciate you for the content. You know, I always love it. Um, I'm going to get right into it, man. First things first, what is up with our medical staff? So I think they need to be investigated because why do we have so many injuries right now? We look like the Memphis Grizzlies uh, uh, before the All-Star break. Like what's going on with Angela? We've been doing that. We've been dealing with this for a past decade. Why are we always having to deal with injuries in our team? So that needs to be investigated. I'm so annoyed after hearing Patrick Williams got ruled out for the rest of the season. Speaking of Patrick Williams, you know, as best of it, as it sounds, that might actually be a blessing in disguise for us because now we can actually save some money and give him about the same contract we gave Kobe White. Right? I don't think we need to be giving him big dollars, especially since he's out of the season and stuff. His production for us, yeah, he's for us, we value him, but, like, we could probably save some money. A lot of teams, I don't think, are going to be invested in taking Patrick Williams anyway. I don't think Patrick Williams doesn't come off to me as the type of guy that wants to play anywhere else. I think we can get him in a cheaper deal, and it'll save some money for us for a big side of the future. Uh, as far as, you know, with our future, I think our future's right. Yeah, I don't want to go back, you know, I don't want to be one of those people to always tank and rebuild and start freshly over. I, I'm tired of the rebuilding phase. I'm so tired of it. I want to remain competitive. But I want to remain competitive the right way. If that, if that requires us to take a couple steps back just to take five steps forward, we need to do that. But I like our futures. You know, Dale and Terry, Julian Phillips have been uh, providing quality minutes. I think, you know, they're giving the same treatment that Iowa was given when Lonzo went down, you know, and that you can see how that worked up for Iowa. So I think it's going to work even better for Julian Phillips and Dale and Terry. 
to get those minutes and experience. We're going to end up looking uh, really close to the Thunder if we continue to develop our young guys. But that being said, uh, as far as what we should do in the offseason, the Chicago Bulls, we're, we're nice guys, man. We can't be nice guys in this league. We're too nice. We have to. We don't know how to make their heart move. We need to move away from Zach Levine. I, I love Zach Levine. I, I never thought he was trash. I think he's one of, he could be one of the best players in the league right now. But we need to part ways with him. We might need to throw in another piece with that. But we need to get a legitimate power forward like a Jeremy Grant, Aaron Gordon type. But anyways, man, Hayes, thank you again. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. All right, so every team deals with a lot of injuries. So I don't think the number of injuries that the Bulls deal with are any different from, uh, you know, the average from around the league. The bigger thing is how, like, it takes them long to, like, recognize things are going on, right? That is definitely an issue and definitely something that I hope that that changes. Like, it's just the, between the communication or maybe, maybe the medical staff is communicating it correctly to the front office. The front office is just the one that hold that's the gatekeeper to how the information is released. And maybe they aren't do. I, I don't know, but it's definitely something with the communication piece there that we got to figure out big time. Now, as far as impact on Williams' next deal, I kind of talked about that earlier. Um, he's still going to get his deal. I, I don't really think it's at at risk of him not getting a deal. Not with this type of injury. If it was something that was like more career threatening, maybe. But even then, I don't see it. This it, it, like they're invested in the growth of Patrick Williams. But I do hope that you know it's going to get you to keep him for a little bit less, probably on a shorter term deal. But we'll but we'll see we'll see that t- that taking a step back to take a step forward though is a real thing and sometimes you have to do that to have that sustained success right signing free agents making trades is good to help build up and help support success that you made but if your success relies on just signing big name free agents for the Bulls that's not going to happen and that's not a sustainable model right the biggest sustainability as far as a winning and building a culture is drafting you have to draft well and those players that you draft help have to help set that foundation. Let's hope we're seeing that for a little bit more from the Bulls as they take these next couple of draft picks seriously, and they really can hopefully hit on those draft picks. But great voicemail from 719 there. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one is from my dog, Jamal. What's up, Hayes? It's your boy, Jamal, back again with another voicemail for you. I got two, three minutes. Let's get into it. So I just wanted to tell you I knew about um, Patrick Green's being out for the next, you know, for the remainder of the season. and. I got to admit, it's kind of tough. Um, I know that he wasn't having the type of leap that Kobe uh, Kobe White was making this year, um, but I still feel like when he was on the court, there were times where it seemed like he was starting to put it together. You know, he was starting to find his role on the team, make an impact, play some really good defense, go out there and get you somewhere between 12 to 15 points, maybe 18 on a good night. Um, and I was really kind of hoping, you know, with, especially with that game out, that we could have seen more of him uh, expanding his game, um, maybe see a three-man lineup between him, Kobe, and Io. You know, the young bucks kind of won there. They have their own, not saying own special offense or anything like that, but kind of see if they could gain some more synergy and chemistry amongst each other, uh, knowing where each other likes to play and how they can help each other develop. Um, so it's really sad to see that he has to go through this you know, injury himself and, and lose another half of the remaining half of the season um, with this injury. Um, and it, it kind of, of course, brings up the question of what are we going to do in the offseason, how this is going to affect with him being, you know, this is his second injury in, what, two years? Of course, the first one was the breaking of his hand and he's had little knick-knack injuries here and there, but this is the second one that's cost him major time. So how is that going to affect him being, if he does get you signed into this new, you know, 
into the uh, offseason, how's that going to affect him? Does this maybe open up for him to get traded with Zach or, you know, what happens then? Um, I think they're going to be signing, but I don't think he's going to get any type of money that he thinks he wants, which, I mean, you know, it is what it is at that point. Um, so let me know what you think. How do you feel about Patrick Green's injury? How do you think it's going to affect the shape up of the team? How do you think it's going to affect our chances of making it, you know, into the play-in tournament and even out the play-in into the playoffs uh, itself? As always, it's always T-Red, go Bulls, peace out. Yeah, so, so you know, Patrick Williams qualifying off for, like I said earlier, $13 million. You're not really going to see him sign less than that. So that's kind of going to be the base, right? And I think he's going to get more than that. Probably, like I said, between 15 and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if between 15 and 18 he still does sign for um, with that. So you know, as far as the impact on the rest of the Bulls season, it means that we're going to have to re- we're going to have to trust our young guys. And it may mean that we're going to lose more games. I, it, it's it's going to be tough, right? And we're going to play small for the rest of the season as well. A lot of small ball that's coming your way uh, uh, from the Chicago Bulls. And that's just kind of what you have to do now. We didn't have depth, at specifically size and depth, right? We didn't have that. And so now when we get injuries to that, like an injury now, to Vooch or Drum, Jesus Christ. You're talking about the Bulls are going to be running goddamn fucking uh, DeMar DeRozan as a small ball center at times. Like, that's going to be Julian Phillips probably as a small ball center. That's going to be crazy, right? So it, it's just where we sit right now is so interesting, man. We got things that we definitely need to work on and fix. Uh, but towards the end of the season, I think it's just about doing what you can do best. And this Bulls team trying to execute, find the best lineups, play the young guys, and try to be competitive as possible as we head to the to the end of the season. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.